From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. In each episode of this podcast, we talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. My name is Sofia Echevarria, and for this episode, I spoke with Reed Schmidt, class of 2018. Reed is working as a financial statistics analyst at the Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. When she's not working at the Fed, Reed is crafting embroidery and macrame art through an account called Reed Created that you can find on Instagram. As with all of these interviews, our conversation begins by asking how and when Reed became interested in her occupation. So math was kind of always an interest throughout all of my schooling, really. My dad was a math teacher and my sister currently is a math teacher. And so it was kind of always something that was encouraged and our parents wanted us to explore that kind of desire to learn math. I can remember in elementary school asking my dad to like make me math tests, which was something I'm sure like no other (laughs) child was ever doing. (laughs) Um, And so that kind of set me on the path uh, of doing something within math. And then when I got to college, it kind of took a backseat for a portion of time. I had originally planned to pursue some type of um, career in the performing arts. Um, And then once I I, I pivoted, well, I guess before that, um, I still had to fulfill my reasoning requirement, as you you know, the, the GAR. And so I easily could have taken something a lot easier, but I, I chose to do Calc 2 as my reasoning requirement, which I, I can't remember any of the other names, but I think there's like shapes and symmetry I could have taken or something a lot easier. But I was like, well, I qualify for Calc 2, so let me just take that. And honestly, it was a good thing that I did because it once I did switch over to math as my major, it put me on a good path to keep up with it and not have to kind of make up for for too much lost time. So once I was in the math degree, I, I, I quickly realized I didn't want to do anything too theoretical or research-based. And so I knew I wanted to go into some type of industry. Um, and in order to do that, I had to get some type of internship to kind of set me up post-college. And so since I kind of came to it late in the game, I only interned once throughout my college experience. And that was the summer before my senior year. And that was my internship at the, at the Federal Reserve. And I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. I, I liked the people that are the, the work that we were doing. I felt like I, I could really take onus over the projects that I had over that summer. Whereas I wasn't just kind of getting coffee orders and <laughs> making scans, although I did make some scans <laughs> um, as the intern. But yeah, and so then I, I talked to them about a full-time position after college, and that's where I've been for almost, in July, it'll be three years. What exactly are you doing over there? Like, What kind of work is expected of you? Sure. So in the financial statistics department, we are kind of on the front lines of the data intake. So for the institutions or the banks in our district, we are responsible for ensuring that they report financial and structural data. We take in those reports and analyze them and slice and dice them all, all different sorts of ways. And we're really just making sure that they're accurately reporting 
what's going on at their institution. So we're looking at their income statement and balance sheet and um, asking them to make any revisions if that's needed. And then that data kind of flows through to other departments and then to the Board of Governors in D.C., which is kind of kind of like the headquarters of the Federal Reserve. And they're then using that information to inform monetary policy and uh, ensuring the safety and soundness of, of institutions. And yeah, so so we're we're kind of like the front lines looking at that data and making sure that it it's correct and fit for its intended use. I guess this question might be more for me, but what is the Federal Reserve Bank? <laughs> not not a not a silly question at all. Honestly, a I before working there wasn't totally sure either. And so, you know, I, I saw it in the news headlines and I saw they were raising interest rates and lowering interest rates, but I, I didn't know much beyond that. And that's kind of like their mission. Once you get in the door, they're like, you know what, we're going to sit you down and we're going to teach you what the Federal Reserve is. And so they're, they're kind of uh, a couple facets to it. So it's uh, a quasi-governmental agency. So we're not technically in the government, but we're still serving the, the public interest. And so um, the main component that most people know is that kind of conduct monetary policy. So we want maximum employment, we want stable prices, and we want these types of long-term interest rates. They promote the stability of the financial system. And then the aspect that I'm most involved with is kind of that ensuring of the safety and soundness of banking institutions. Um, and then there's also this component of consumer protection and community development. So it really branches out in a, in a bunch of different ways and makes for a, a really dynamic place to work. All right. Okay. That kind of clears it up for me a little. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you couldn't go to the Federal Reserve and say like, I would like to open a checking account. Um, it's yeah. kind of like the bank to govern all banks. Wow. Is it intimidating working there sometimes? I definitely was intimidated prior to working there. And, and I think having interned there, it allowed me to kind of get my feet wet and, and see that it wasn't this big, scary place or anything like that. Um, but I, I certainly was intimidated off the bat just because I didn't really, I had the, the numbers knowledge, but I didn't really have a banking or finance background at all. And so there was a pretty big knowledge gap that I had to bridge, but I, I made that clear kind of in the interview process. And once I, I started to, to bridge that gap, I became more sure. So what have been the hardest parts about doing this type of work? So certainly kind of what I just said that the fact that I, I really didn't have the typical background um, that most people have, I would say, going into this type of work. Uh, so I, I didn't major in finance or econ or anything like that. And so just kind of the terminology, things that people likely learned in Econ 101, I didn't necessarily have in my background. And so just kind of taking it upon myself to educate myself to kind of just get myself up to the, the baseline that everyone else was at was the main challenge and not wanting to ask silly questions or, or, or things that I quote unquote should know. Um, that was, I think, probably the most uh, intimidating part of it. But once I, I felt like I was 
making some headway and, and becoming more comfortable. It certainly made my job easier and make, made me feel more comfortable as well. Have there been a lot of drastic changes since COVID hit to your work? The work that I do is pretty much the same, honestly. So, I mean, obviously we're working from home and, and have been since March, but we are still kind of business as usual. Uh, I mean, there's there's been a lot of regulation changes and, and different programs put into place in the response to COVID-19. So there are various liquidity facilities that help banks get cash if they need it, just to kind of ensure that that kind of flow of credit throughout the economy. Uh, we have the Payment Protection Program, which is a program that allows small businesses to get loans if they need it. So there are different programs that have been put into place that have affected the work that we do, but it hasn't necessarily changed my day-to-day. And so we're still collecting the same reports, still running the same type of analysis, but some of the, the kind of, uh, I guess, context of what we do has changed and, and we're making sure to, to be paying attention to these different types of programs. Do you have to interact with people in this job or is it kind of just strictly like files? So my main type of interaction other than internally is talking to the people that are submitting the, the reports themselves. So sometimes at uh, a smaller institution, that's their like CFO, their chief financial officer. But at um, larger ones, that could just be an accounting um, account manager or, or something like that. So those are my main types of contact externally. Um, and we're just communicating with them, making sure that they're understanding the uh, instructions to the report and making sure that they're reporting accurately and effectively. So yeah, that, that's my main source of communication within the job. Have there been any really like surprising or rewarding moments that came from this job? That is a good question. Um, I would say something that has been rewarding. So there's this one project that I've been working on is been the development of uh, a tool that we use to kind of analyze one of the, the reports that we look at. And we were building it out in, in one application and it was really frustrating and giving us a lot of kind of pushback. And it seemed like it just kind of wasn't working within that environment. And so we took a moment and we, we pivoted to something new and something that was certainly a, a source of frustration has now been something that's given me a lot of pride and uh, something that I'm, I'm happy to, to be a part of. Um, and so now we're in the process of kind of rolling it out. And so the Federal Reserve is made up of 12 different reserve banks. So we are Philadelphia's reserve bank and uh, we're kind of showing this tool to all of the different banks around the country. And so it's kind of nice to have this thing that used to give me a lot of gripe <laughs> and frustration now be something that we can proudly show off to the other reserve banks as something that potentially they would like to use as well. Do you get a lot of yeah. moments like that to work on a project? So we always have some type of project work going on um, in addition to the kind of 
just normal cyclical report work that we do. But this has certainly been one of the biggest ones that I've been a part of. And I would say probably most far reaching. Um, Most of the projects are more so internal just to our department in Philadelphia. But this is certainly one that can have impacts on, say, the Kansas City Reserve Bank or things like that. Do you get a lot of interaction with the other reserve banks? So we have, uh, within the statistics department, we have quite a few uh, different classes that we can take throughout the year. And those are reserve bank-wide across all of the different statistics departments in other reserve banks. And so they're typically held offsite at, at one reserve bank or another. So that's a really nice way in which we can interact with some of the other reserve banks and, and see some of, it, some of the other type of analysts at those different locations. Um, in terms of a day-to-day, I don't interact with them all too much, but there are different kind of like project teams and work groups at the, the system level um, that if I'm a part of those, then I'm, I'm kind of having that type of interaction. Are there different like, is the Philly Reserve Bank known for something versus the Kansas Reserve Bank? Are there things like that? <laughs> um, certainly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we'd say Philly's kind of claim to fame is. There are, there are certainly ones that kind of stick out as like the tech pioneers, ones that, that build kind of the best tools. And yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what I would say that, that Philly's is. I'd like to think that we're kind of a jack of all traits and we we do it all but um that might just be me being biased (laughs) no I think it's really interesting all these little pockets of like similar communities around the U.S. but you're all you're all doing the same thing but like it's different at the same time I don't know yeah no definitely And, and we're all kind of dealing with different communities within the United States. So the, the bank makeup and community makeup is different from say like San Francisco to Atlanta's population and banking population. Um, and so we're each facing unique challenges and, and situations in our, our different locations, but all after kind of the, the same goal. This might be a strange question, but has working in banking kind of opened your eyes to stuff that you didn't know before about banking or just like our money systems in general? I mean, I, I certainly, I didn't have too much of a knowledge to begin with. So it certainly opened my eyes to pretty much everything um, other than my own banking knowledge. I didn't really have too much going on there. So it definitely opened my eyes just to kind of all that goes into the banking system and all of the different checks that are in place to make sure that something like what happened in 2008 doesn't happen again. And just kind of seeing the, the response that the Federal Reserve has had to the COVID-19 pandemic. Certainly, we had some economic fallout, but I think had the Fed not acted as swiftly and aggressively as they had, it, it certainly could have been a lot worse. Um, and so it's certainly a point of pride. I mean, Don't get me wrong, I had nothing to do with those decisions or that reaction being made, but it is a point of pride to see the Federal Reserve in in news headlines and seeing that the impact that we've made on America and and, and the economy as a whole, it's certainly made me, me proud to work there. When you say like the impact, what do you mean exactly? 
Uh, the, the economic impact, you mean? Yeah. So the Fed's response could be kind of summed up in, in three different avenues. They looked to lower interest rates and keep them low. They wanted to stabilize the financial market because it, of course, with such a, a large global pandemic, the financial market was going to react pretty severely to something like that. And so that was kind of the second thing that they wanted to do was to stabilize that. And then the third was kind of just supporting the flow of credit from households to banks and to businesses and just kind of make sure that money was flowing throughout the economy. So you're also, I guess, would you say you, you have your own business? I have, I like to call it a side hustle. It kind of was born out of having free time on my hands. Um, I kind of went from the average, like overly committed Muhlenberg student having 20 million things going on at once to graduating and really just have having work. And then I'd come home, I'd eat dinner, maybe I'd work out and then I'd have hours until bedtime. And so I didn't really know what I wanted to do to fill that. And it was the first time in four years where I kind of had a clean slate and could kind of rebuild um, what I, how I wanted to spend my time. And so I'd always been a, a crafty person. Uh, like growing up, my mom would always make our Halloween costumes and we were always kind of doing some type of arts and crafts. And so I had seen embroidery and macrame on Instagram. I followed a couple accounts and one day I just kind of decided I wanted to try my hand at it. And so I went to either Michael's or Joanne Fabrics or something like that and got the supplies I needed and just kind of started, started going at it. Have you been getting a lot of responses and people reaching out to you? Yeah. So currently I just post on uh, an Instagram account and from there I've um, gotten quite a bit of steady interaction and, and people reaching out for custom embroideries and macrame pieces, which has been really exciting. I, I think the next step for my, maybe to turn my side hustle into a business would be to either open up an Etsy shop online or perhaps build my own website to kind of house my pieces and uh, handle the sale. And so I, I think that would kind of be the next step for me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've certainly got quite a bit of uh, interest from my followers and their followers' followers and it's just kind of word of mouth and things like that. Okay. Yeah. From what I, I saw, I don't know. I just kind of assumed it was running like a functional business. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what qualifies a business really, but it just seemed like yeah. it was well. So I just wanted to ask about that. And yeah, I, no, I thank you. I, I'm happy that I I can present it to be that way, but <laughs> I certainly don't feel like it's necessarily reached business uh, qualifications quite yet. Um, so would you have any advice for any aspiring math major at Muhlenberg who might be looking to get into finance or anything in that area? Sure. Um, yeah, so, I mean, math is such a, a broad topic, subject, major. And so I think that that was kind of the hardest thing for me was to kind of hone in on a specific area that I wanted to 
focus in on. And I didn't really know where to start. And so I think internships are the best way to kind of do that. It gets you into industry and seeing kind of just what a a day-to-day would be like for you if you were to be working in that environment. Um, And so I I think internships are really the best avenue uh, to kind of get a sense of what you might be interested in because there's math, but then there's going to be some type of layer on top of that. Um, And so you could be doing math in the medical field. You could be doing math in the arts field. And so there's, there's really so many different avenues that you can take with it. And so internships kind of help you figure out what avenue you want to take. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced and edited by Sofia Echevarria, a senior anthropology major at Muhlenberg College. It was recorded remotely by Paul Kompaski at the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band. Thank you.